What's up, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Stella Ray Herself podcast. It's me, Stella Ray Herself. Don't forget to screenshot this, post it on your IG story, tweet it to me, tag me, all of that. I'll retweet, repost. Like I always say, I love seeing who watches, and I love reading all of your guys' comments, and I love when y'all message me your thoughts on anything that we discuss. Because um, y'all know, I can't say it enough, I'm just a random bitch at the end of the day. So I like using this platform to share my ideas and, you know, things I've been learning, thinking about, etc. So I love when you guys contribute and it just feels like a community of like bitches who are interested in stuff. So thank you guys. Um, I really like literally honestly wouldn't be here without you. So we have quite a lot to talk about today. I feel like so much happened in the world since last week. You know, there was almost a coup. That's great. I kind of talked about it a little bit on a vlog, I believe, like while it was happening. But yeah, I definitely thought it was going to be more crazy in my area. Luckily, it wasn't. There was definitely a lot of helicopters. But last night, which I don't know if this is related to all of that stuff, but last night I woke up multiple times throughout the night and normally that just happens to me when it's too hot or like sometimes if I go to bed too early I'll like wake up but neither of those things happen like to wake up multiple times it's like usually it's because of a reason so in the moment last night I was like what the heck but then I remember one time I woke up there was a loud ass helicopter like so loud I swear like circling my apartment like it literally at times will sound like it's about to crash into the building because of how close and low it is um so then i wake up and check the citizen app and there's all these fucking notifications of like shots fired someone got stabbed like a whole bunch more <laughs> than like regular so i was like oh that must have been why i kept waking up because at the time it's not like i knew i don't know but then it just makes sense <laughs> dude also i will say like I went to go get my coffee this morning and it was way more bussin'. Like it literally looked like a regular non-pandemic day with just the amount of cars and the amount of people. And I'm not necessarily blaming them because I'm sure it's people like going to work and whatnot. But it's just kind of sad that like that needs to happen. You know, it's like if our government was taking care of things how they should people wouldn't need to be out like that you know i mean obviously there's people who are like being dumb going to parties and events but this was just like just the traffic it's weird to think of life before this like just little things because obviously there's like things like oh i can't go out to the club or like stuff like that but then just the little details like i remember a couple years ago I would be going to the gym at around 8 o'clock, so a lot of people would be getting off the train. The street I would cross to go to the gym at that time, usually so many business people would be crossing the street at the same time as me. So I just remember like always walking in this group of people wearing like suits and like their little business skirts to cross the street. And now like that just doesn't exist anymore. So that's crazy like just little things like that i know it's been talked about every single fucking day since this started but just like imagine telling yourself or explaining to yourself a couple years ago what this would be like and then i was thinking yesterday of um 
it was probably a year ago, so like January 2020, when there was first reports of this, I think. I can't remember when the reports first started in China, but I remember when it started being kind of talked about. And so many people, like myself included, were just like, oh, like people are overreacting. Like, it's like we just didn't know. <laughs> it's like, oh, like, not that I thought it was a conspiracy theory, but part of me was like, oh, are they just like making this a big deal to like scare people? Like, what the fuck? But then, you know, it just got worse and worse. And like, yeah. I just remember not knowing anyone personally who had it. And now I feel like I know so many people who had it. Like, what the fuck? You're trying to be like, oh yeah, it hasn't really like, I don't, I don't know anyone. And now it's like, oh, I know this person had it. This person had it. This person's coworker had it. Like, it's crazy. Anyway, I don't mean to like start that off by bringing the vibes down, but it's just kind of interesting to talk about. And yeah, let me know how it's going for you. But as I've been discussing in vlogs, just like dealing with loneliness and all of that during this time has definitely been hard. Even though, in a lot of ways, I've said this, but I've realized that I'm more of an introvert than I previously thought. Like, I kind of like just hanging out by myself and, like, not having to be social. But just, like, the loneliness hits different. Like, fuck. So let me know how you're dealing. Um, and especially if you're, like, an extrovert, I would love to. <laughs> it's coming up on one year, y'all. Our quarantine anniversary. I swear I keep forgetting what month it is. I'm like, is it March? Like this upcoming March? Not March 2020. But like, like the other day, I like, my brain thought something that was like, oh yeah, I'll probably start that after New Year's. And I was like, bitch, it is. Like it, that happened. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, anyway, I'm very excited to share with y'all that I have read so much of my book this past week. I'm literally almost finished with this. And the last couple... I don't know the chapter I'm on at least it's more so about breakups and I'm just I don't know I feel like maybe if I was going through that or had gone through a really like hard breakup I would feel a little more compelled to really read it so I'm just kind of like uh but the bitch this whole part which I'm sure some of you have so that might actually be very interesting to you but I can't wait to discuss this like look at me also I down I re-downloaded Goodreads I don't want to say that I was bullied into doing it, but a lot of you kept suggesting that I re-download it because I used to update it. Like, and I feel like, I mean, I had posts on there from like 2013, but I feel like 2016, like just kind of more of those days. And I really have not been on it since, but they have a little app now, like very cute. It's still, it still kind of feels a little outdated to me, like the design and some of the fonts, but still a great tool. So as soon as I tweeted it, a bunch of you like followed me on there or like friended me. So. I'm going to be using it and just taking up with y'all, but also like on a personal level, kind of a, a good way to keep track because there was books I had logged from so many years ago and I was like, I forgot I read that. So um, the two parts that I think were very interesting, or should I say the three parts? Because I don't know if they were chapters so much as like sections, but the section on what it means to be an anxious attachment what, what it means to have an anxious attachment style, what it means to have an avoidant attachment style, and then just kind of the results of like dealing with those, I guess. And I think in the last podcast, when I first started talking about this book, 
I said something like, oh, you know, I didn't really know what to expect from this book because I feel like I already understand attachment styles. And I feel like I never really thought of it as like, you have to know the other person's attachment style. Because as far as like love languages go and whatnot, I would always kind of think of like, okay, you have to know yours and your partner's or the person you're interested in. For attachment styles, I just always was like, oh, like, I'm thinking about this for myself. And I never really thought about the other person. Like, they have one too. And I feel like that was one of the major keys that shook me in this book because I know, and I'm sure you can relate, and I know I get so many messages or I've gotten so many messages asking for advice about situations where like, oh, like we were hanging out and suddenly he takes way longer to text me back or he doesn't like my photos anymore or he doesn't want to kiss anymore. He doesn't want to hold my hand. Um, And I say he, but that could be anyone. I think, I don't know what the statistic is of like the percentage of men and the percentage of women that's either anxious or avoidant, but it can be either. Um, like, I don't know if it's, like, more men tend to be avoidant, which low-key makes sense because I feel like, in general, um, males in our society are, like, kind of pressured into not showing any emotion and not crying for 10 years, but, like, I don't know if that's, I don't know the statistics, so I don't want to, like, say that, but it kind of makes sense, you know? So, let's discuss both, and, um, I want y'all to let me know which applies more to you. So, if you have an anxious attachment style... It means that you have a sense... I bitch, I took sticky notes. Sticky notes, notes. It means you have a sensitive attachment system. So you have all of these activating strategies, which are thoughts and emotions that compel you to seek closeness to your partner. And there's kind of a difference of like... Difference between a danger zone and a comfort zone. So a danger zone would be like oh, it seems like they're ignoring your text or like whatever. And then a comfort zone would be like, oh, they replied or like, oh, all is well. So then you also are likely or can engage in, they call it protest behavior, which is letting these thoughts get the best of you. So kind of like acting on the thoughts or the emotions. And that can look like withdrawing, um, like fine, if you ignore me, I'm going to ignore you. Or calling them like 8,000 times, keeping score, like, dude, when you check his snap score every two seconds, which I never did that. I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm a little, like Snapchat came out like just a little too late because no one really uses Snapchat in like my demographic or my age anymore. I don't know. But I see the TikToks like when his snap score, I was like, oh my God, like I would have used that in high school because <laughs> I don't even think they even had that like when I was in high school. So anyway, um, threatening to leave, but you don't leave. So you kind of say it to see how they'll react and then you are more likely to to attract avoidant people which I think we discussed that in the last podcast because they kind of complement each other like it's kind of this cycle of like the avoidant gives you attention so you feel reassured and then they start distancing themselves so then you act up but then they come back and it's just like yeah like avoidance are not really likely to be in relationships or at least relation a relationship for very long with another avoidant because it's like they're just going to ignore each other it's like they don't really have that glue to stick it together also this fact blew my mind you're more likely to meet avoidance when you're like dating and i don't know just talking to different people because avoidance are more likely to be like there's more of them in the dating pool because they're 
more likely to jump from relationship to relationship and not want to get too close or too attached to one person. So I thought that was very interesting. So going off that, if you find a secure person, a a person with a secure attachment style, and that can look like, you know, they're reassuring you, they don't distance themselves, they're very open with like saying what they feel and it's just, it just feels regular. Like they're not playing these games and they're not like not texting you or if they don't text you, you know it's because they're just actually busy. Um, Low key, that can feel kind of boring because you don't have that spark that you're used to. Um, And spark is like actually just the emotional highs and lows of being with an avoidant. When you're in a secure relationship, there's less tea because there's less drama. So it's like, you don't really have anything to talk about with your friends. If they ask, it's just like, yeah, things are going well. Like, it's not this constant tea or like constant, like, oh my God, he didn't call me or he did this, he did that. Like, let's go drive past his house, watch his story for me, etc. It's kind of boring, which is good, but it you have to remember that. And they really emphasized sticking out secure relationships because it's actually like so much better, but you just have to like push past the boredom. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. It's like, oh my God. Okay, so then they also said a lot of common dating advice is not what we need to hear. And I feel like I have kind of said that before, just like in my own experience and kind of having to like unlearn a lot of common dating advice because it's not actually helpful. And they actually put into words like what I was kind of feeling. Um, Because a lot of common dating advice is like, oh, wait to text don't be thirsty, like, make them come to you, seem mysterious, like, do this, do that, make them jealous, and that actually is not true, especially as an anxious person, that wouldn't be true to your actual needs and feelings, like, you actually want to be close to someone, so you can't play all these games and then get into a relationship having set the tone of that and then expect that all of a sudden, like, your true needs and feelings are just going to be, like, I don't know, fulfilled, Um, You can't wait for someone to change. So like an avoidant is pretty much always going to be an avoidant. And instead of asking yourself like, what's wrong with me? Like, what did I do to make him stop texting me or make him less interested? It's like, it's just them. They have a fear of like getting close emotionally or whatever. And that's just how they are. Um, And I... I like how they also emphasize like it can work, but you might like both parties have to be on the same page of like, okay, this person is going to need more space. And then this person is going to want that validation and both people have to be willing to compromise. And then also like, I guess just be aware of it and work it out and maybe even make some sacrifices. Like, okay, I just have to understand they're not going to text me or like as an avoidant, I have to understand they are going to want to spend more quality time together or hold hands or whatever. So it's not like it can't work, but I feel like especially in dating, like when you're just kind of like dating around whatever, bitch, do not settle and don't hope like, oh, maybe they'll change. You know, I think it's more like for a long-term relationship. Um, So they use an example of this girl who was going on a ton of dates and they really emphasized Um, especially as an anxious person to go on a lot of dates and to not just like pick one person and like become so attached to them right away. Because what if they're avoidant and they're like showing warning signs and like 
you just kind of hope like ignore them and hope for the best um so this girl in the example like if the guy didn't call the day after she just like wouldn't even consider him anymore like she would literally drop him from the roster and they're like it seems extreme but you just have to know there's so many people out there and like you don't have to settle and by dating a lot of different people you are more likely to run into someone who's secure again versus like going on a date with one person and like oh my god i'm just going to become so obsessed with this one person especially when you're not even in a relationship yet yeah they call it the abundance philosophy i like that so that's kind of about anxious let me know if you can relate to any of that the avoidant is kind of seen as like a free spirit but actually it's just a defense mechanism to make it seem like they're that way when really if you listen to the last podcast um there was a study done of babies with different attachment styles and the avoidant baby basically like the mom brought the baby into a room with all these toys and then left and like you know the anxious baby cried because the mom wasn't there and then the mom came back and the baby was still crying whereas the secure baby cried until the mom came and then stopped crying the avoidant baby did not cry at all but i think its heart rate was still like elevated and it was still showing signs of distress even though it wasn't visibly crying so it's like, oh my God, I'm just a free spirit. I just can't be tied down, whatever. But it's like, you're actually not living your best life. You're actually just like in this defensive state, not wanting to get close to anyone. So it can also look like, um, oh, they said the attachment machinery is still the same. So you're still experiencing the same like unfulfillment, but it's just, it looks different on the outside. Um, so then they said, instead of activating strategies like the anxious person where you're seeking closeness, you use deactivating strategies um, to get rid of intimacy. And I actually labeled the page of examples because I feel like they were kind of like unrelatable to me. Let me see. 117. Um, so focusing on small imperfections on your partner. Uh, flirting with others, pulling away after things are going well. Forming relationships with an impossible future, such as with someone who is already married, keeping secrets and leaving things foggy, avoiding physical closeness. Um, They also use the example of like the one. So for example, it kind of goes with the looking for imperfections thing. If you're with someone and they're great, but then you just keep looking for little imperfections or little things that annoy you. And then saying to yourself, like, oh, well, the one wouldn't have that. Like, I shouldn't have to put up with this because the one is waiting for for me out there. And in this book, they really, like, they just make a point to really say, like, there's no the one. Like, there's so many secure people out there who you could have a meaningful, fulfilling relationship with. It's not this one perfect, perfect, perfect person that doesn't exist. And I was like, thank you. Um, so the deactivating strategies get rid of intimacy rather than, like, try to bring you together avoidance also mistakes self-reliance for independence which forces them to only focus on their own needs and not their partners they see the worm instead of the apple focusing on the small little imperfections instead of the person or the relationship as a whole so how do you deal with this they said identifying your deactivating strategies can be very helpful so when you find yourself starting to pull away or like let me not text back or let like looking for imperfections again you can stop and chill and you know awareness is everything um then 
secure partners are also the best bet for this because a secure partner, when you do feel the need to pull away, they're not going to take that personally and they're going to understand like, okay, they just need their space. Uh, mutual support, not misinterpreting behaviors. So if your partner is like, oh, I would really love to do this together. Like some people, some avoidance might take that as a threat or like, oh my God, I'm being suffocated in the relationship um, when really it's just like regular. Um, forget about the one. Again, there's so many people out there who you could have a secure, meaningful, fulfilling, enjoying, enjoy, enjoying, uh, enjoyable relationship with, and there's not this like magical, perfect person for you out there. Um, also, adopting a distraction strategy. So, this was like doing an activity together with your partner, so you can focus on the activity and not so much like. Oh, I don't know. It's just hard for me to relate to that because I feel like I, I low-key thought I was more avoidant, but after reading this book, I'm like, am I more anxious, bitch? Yeah, you're focusing on the activity and not so much like, oh, I'm being suffocated. This person wants to hang out with me all the time, you know? Um, so yeah, I just thought that was very interesting and it just puts so much in perspective. Like I can just think, I started to think of so many different examples that I have run into in my own dating history of guys who were avoidant and then also guys who were secure and low-key also guys that were anxious it's like oh like I didn't need to take that personally like I remember this one guy just like I just remember we were in the car and like he just wouldn't kiss me and was so weird about it and like it was just shocking to me (laughs) and I just thought that was so weird and then looking back it's like oh didn't want physical closeness like just the classics, like, when they don't text you back or, like, I don't know. I've low-key run into guys, too, that, like, seem a little more anxious and, like, text a million times or get very insecure um, when you're not, like, responding to them right away. And then I've also definitely run into secure guys who, like, bitch, did nothing wrong. Like, literally, if they didn't text back, it's like, okay, I know they're at work. And they are at work being very straightforward with how they feel like that's just the best and again low-key it can seem boring because especially if you're used to all this turmoil and like tea and excitement and like the highs and the lows and like part of it's kind of fun like you can low-key be addicted to the drama and like it's fun sometimes but it's like is that really worth your emotional stability um so yeah a lot of realizations personally in reading this book and i think i did say this in the last podcast where I had started to read it but I'm just very excited for I guess I don't know mostly like when stuff opens back up and I can start meeting people and like actually going on dates because like all restaurants are closed here bitch and I'm not about to go on a first date like at your house or like walking like I just no (laughs) sorry but no um so anyway I'm really using this time to like learn and reflect and like this was just literally i don't think i've been so shook by a book in a minute so you should definitely read this and i've just been applying so many of the ideas to real life like in a song he's talking about like i forget what song it was but i was listening to it this morning and it started off with like this dude leaving a voicemail to this girl and he's like i'm not about to keep calling you um like you think you can find someone better than me? Like, it was just, it basically seemed, like, very anxious. Like, oh, he's threatening to leave. But here he is leaving a voicemail. 
talking about how many other voicemails he's left. Like, that kind of seems like protest behavior of an anxious person. Um, or, like, avoidant. Like, oh, remember that time this guy, like, didn't want to follow me back on IG and was, like, so weird about it, even though we were hanging out? Like, avoidant. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the chapter after that, uh, escaping the anxious avoidant trap. So basically how to like deal if you're in one of those relationships. Basically in this example, the guy was avoidant and I think the girl was anxious, but they moved in together and the guy just like kept getting so triggered because the girl was like around all the time and like he just constantly felt the need to escape. So I guess she realized this and her friend was going out of town. So she subletted her friend's apartment so she could like just go there and like do her art and like other hobbies and he was very surprised at this but just like knowing that she acknowledged this is how he is i don't know again i don't know if she was secure or anxious um he just like really appreciated that so then he felt less suffocated oh and after six months she barely even stayed at her friend's place anymore like they had adjusted to living together and i don't know if i mentioned this i think i did but if you are avoidant, it's also... Yeah, I did. It's also good to be with a secure person because they won't take it personally when you need that space and, or when you feel, like, overwhelmed or, like, triggered by the closeness um, So versus an anxious person who would, like, freak out. So, yeah, it's just like, oh, my God. When you build a secure relationship, both individuals win. If you are the anxious partner, you get the closeness you crave. And if you're the avoidant partner, you'll enjoy much more in, of the independence that you need. So, bitch, look for the secure people. And maybe you're secure yourself. They have a whole chapter on the secure people. Y'all know I'm a Virgo moon, so I love being able to process my emotions logically. And this just gives me so much insight into, like, why people act the way that they do and why I got hurt in certain situations or why certain things didn't work out. So, bitch, 10 out of 10 would read. It's a pretty quick read. Like, it's literally been less... It's been, like, a week, and I'm basically done with it, almost. So, yeah. And I just know this is something I'm definitely going to return to. Because there's so many lists, and I just know... I can just imagine myself going on a date, like, a first date, and then coming back and, like, looking over the different, like, this is what to look for, or, like... Yeah, it's just so good. Like, oh, my God. Even if you're already in a relationship, like, you should still read it, because you might find some new insights. So now I want to switch gears a little bit and talk more about the scam of the law of attraction bitch i said it in my previous vlog or a couple last week's vlog one of last week's vlogs but a lot of you have been telling me to watch anna's analysis on youtube she has so many different videos and i feel like they're all like if you come from the same sort of online world that i do if you were in the vegan days if you are interested in law of attraction um if you have noticed all these girls you know moving to hawaii and you know seeing all these spiritual influencers like selling their classes like i don't know if you have ever watched or know anything about that like you should watch her channel even if you just watch youtube in general like she talks about so many different sides of i feel like the internet and youtube and it's like it's so specific and niche i'm like oh my god there's something like it's like thank you so I watched her video this morning called You Didn't Manifest Being Rich, You're Just Privileged. 
And you guys know, I've kind of talked about over these past couple years, I feel like, that I just sort of talk about the law of attraction and manifestation less. Because, you know, I feel like probably in 2016 and before that is when I really started learning about it and first reading the books. I don't think I ever read The Secret, but, you know, just the books like that. I forget what book it was, but it was definitely like a story. It wasn't The Secret, but it was something similar. Fuck, I forget. But I was like shook at that book and just the idea that like believing and like your thoughts can shape your reality and like, oh my God, I'm going to manifest moving to LA and like all this stuff. Like I was super heavy on it. And as the years have kind of gone by and I've learned more about just how this world works and my privilege and, you know, just as I learn more, kind of realize, okay, like not so much that I don't believe in it because I do think there's power in like affirmations or journaling and, you know, the 528 hertz music. And like kind of practicing these ideas, but at least talking about them and sharing them and like telling people how I manifested this, I just started to get a little uncomfortable with it because I felt like, okay, it's easy for me to say, you know, as I'm like sitting here and like, you know, I had, I had a safety net. I had like help. I just even growing up in the circumstances that I did, like not that I came from like money or like anyone like funded everything for me, but just you know, just coming from a stable home, so many advantages. And I just feel like saying like, oh, the universe did this for me. It's like, okay, but what about everything else? So um, kind of stopped talking about it because I just, I started to be like, okay, like, not that I'm like, oh, this is like so fake. And like anyone who does this is dumb, but it's like, I'm not going to sit here and like teach people how to do it or like story time, how I manifested this. Cause it's like, I don't know. Anyway, so I was very excited to watch this video and I kind of listened to it as a podcast as I was doing my morning routine. Um, And she was talking literally specifically about all of these influencers, you know, the spiritual influencers that essentially make money or, you know, their brand is teaching people how to manifest or their brand is the law of attraction. And, you know, they're selling guides, they're selling e-courses, they're selling retreats. They're just like selling all of this stuff. Um with this idea that like, if you invest into yourself, you know, you'll learn the tools to do this for yourself. Um, so I literally took notes on her video and I'll link the video down below so you can listen, but I just kind of wanted to talk about the points that really resonated with me. And I just feel like she was, I think I said this in my vlog, but she was able to put so many things into words, like so many things, so many of the ways that I've been feeling and like kind of thinking about it. So, First of all, there was two comments on that video that I really, really fucked with. The first one was that, um, you know, this idea of the law of attraction, it kind of puts poverty as a personal failure rather than a failure in the system. You know, a big thing of the law of attraction is like, oh, you shouldn't have to, like, like if it's not working for you, you're doing it wrong or like whatever, when in reality, usually low income people have to work a lot harder just to get by, you know, either by working multiple jobs or just like, just fucking struggling. So if it's like, oh, you're poor because you didn't manifest hard enough. It's like kind of ignorant. Um, And then also someone commented, you know, the scam is basically making money. Like they're making money by 
selling people the idea of making money. And, you know, people, these influencers usually have their story of, like, how they got up from the mud and, like, you know, I only, I left with only $100 in my bank account and now I make six figures a year just through manifesting. She used examples of, like, okay, if you're conventionally attractive, like, a lot of these girls are, like, thin, white, usually grew up, like, middle class at least. It, you know, some of them may come from rich families, but that's not usually the only thing. But privilege can look like more than that. Um, you know, having a safety net and growing up in a developed country, like that just puts you at so much more of an advantage. And she just kept saying like, imagine explaining this to someone in a developing country who either doesn't know English or has had to learn English and you know, like as an adult and like imagine explaining to them like, well, maybe if you just worked harder, you can manifest. It's like, you would literally look like a ignorant ass idiot. Um, and then she says that privileged people act like everyone has the same resources and opportunities as them. So like, oh, anyone can do this. Everyone can do this. And it's like, yeah, maybe everyone of your like 18 to 24, primarily US um, audience that is all watching this on their iPhones, maybe... Sure, a lot of them may have the same resources resources as you, but even within the U.S., like, there's so many people who, like, fucking struggle because the system is not designed to support people or help people in that way. Like, even just look at the past year of the pandemic, like, how much richer billionaires got and just that poverty gap and, like, you can't even send a fucking $2,000 stimulus to people. Anyway, and then I think it was a different video, but... I think it was about the water selling scam, like fucking pyramid scheme, MLM. But these girls were literally like saying on their IG story, like it's a pandemic. Like you are going to be glad that you switched to making money online through this scam. It's like, you're going to take this horrible situation and then use it as a way to manipulate people into signing up for your little scam. Like, Y'all, please never fall for one of those. Like, oh my God. I literally want to laugh in these bitches' faces. Like, you are dumb. Like, you're a scammer. Yeah, you're an aesthetic scammer, but you're a scammer. You're getting people into debt so that you can make more Like, anyway, that's a whole different topic. These people are, like, trying to sell you something, whether it's their fucking guide, their ebook, their water scam, whatever, and... It's always like, oh, like I did it. Like, this is my story. So I can teach you how for a small fee of $500. Bitch, first of all, if you are interested in the law of attraction or manifestation, like you can read so many things online for free about it. Like you really think a random bitch is gonna like somehow know more than you? Like maybe they've read more of the books, but like you can read those books or like you can read the articles. You can watch YouTube videos for free. And that's another thing. Like, you know, I think it's one thing not taking the glasses off. It's one thing to share ideas in a free YouTube video or like a free podcast or whatever, but to like charge hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, it's like, I just feel bad because you're, they're literally like preying on people who are usually like in desperate situations, whether they, whether it's financial or like, oh, like I just, I want to get out of this town or I want to pursue my dream and it's like I can teach you for a small fee you just have to paypal me it's like I just think that's so disgusting and horrifying also a lot of these manifestation stories um and this wasn't really talked about in the video but she did 
use the example of an influencer who I guess was like telling this story of like, it was like in a caption or something, but like, oh, like I just got this car for free. Someone let me stay at their house for free. Like, and I just really found, honestly, like in 2016, so many people would like, you know, when they wanted to come to LA or whatever, they would just like really take advantage of people and people's kindness and people's generosity and like just really use people and then turn it into this story of like, oh, this opportunity was just like awaiting me. And like, if this just happened, this fell into my lap. It's like, okay, well, if you actually were like independent or you actually cared about people and you were like paying them for hospitality or to use their car or you know, this, that, like, instead of just using. Anna said that money is very dependent on the job that you do. So, you know, when people are saying like, oh, I can teach you how to manifest millions. It's like, if you're self-employed, you know, maybe you can use some business tips to like help grow your business. But if you have a salary job, it's like very unlikely that you're going to suddenly manifest like millions. And I just really appreciated that she always, throughout the whole video and most videos, of hers that I've seen so far. She just always like keeps a foot in reality. And you know, I just really appreciate that because that's who I am. Like you can't live in a fantasy land. You just can't. Um, and then she said, you know, taking a lot of this advice can lead to poor financial decisions. So, you know, these people will try to manipulate their viewers and audience into going into debt for a luxury retreat. But, oh, the retreat is going to teach you so much and you need to spend money to make money and you need to show the universe that you're abundant so that you can continue receiving. And it's like, really, you're just going to go into debt or you're, you know, like, just, it's like, why are you spending thousands on a luxury vacation? Again, if you're interested, just look it up. There's so much free information out there. There's so many free YouTube videos. This is how I look at it. And again, this is kind of why like I stopped talking about it because it's just, I don't know, to me, I can look at it in a very logical way. If you're manifesting, so if you're doing the things like journaling, affirmations, acting as if, etc., your goal or whatever you're trying to manifest is going to be in your mind and like presently like in your mind. So I've always kind of explained it, I think, at least over these past few years, as like you're training your mind to see opportunity for what you want. So I just always think of, you know, the example of learning a new word and then you suddenly see that word everywhere because it's in your mind or like the fucking slug bug game. Suddenly you would start seeing them or we used to do it with like Priuses or like say you want a certain car and you start seeing that car everywhere. It's just like in your mind more. It's not magically appearing more. It's just like you're focused on it more. You're seeing it. So then she said, you know, because you're practicing these tools or you're using these tools like journaling, affirmations, etc., it's on your mind. So therefore you're more likely to take action because you're thinking about it versus if you have like a goal and then it's like, oh, I want to do that. And then you just never talk about it again. Never really, maybe it crosses your mind once in a while, but it's like, whatever, you know, why would you take action towards that? It's not in your mind. Your mind's not going to be thinking of ways even subconsciously to like get to that or achieve that because it's not in your mind. So how much of like manifestation is coincidence and actually just like, okay, you are working to get there versus magical. Um, And then she used the example of like getting a promotion at work. Say you're manifesting that and then you get it a few weeks later. It's like, is it because you manifested it? And maybe that's the word you can use, but it's probably just because you 
have it in your mind. So therefore you're acting at work like maybe you apply for it and you wouldn't have done that otherwise. Um, you ask about the promotion or you're just, you know, doing your job a lot better and they notice and it's because you just have all this like positive energy and you're like showing up to work on time, like getting your job done, like whatever it may be. So therefore you get it. It's not like magical. Um, so yeah, I just thought it was a really good video and I like that she kind of included that part because I, I do think that there is something to say about, about these tools and it, they can be very helpful. And it's like, if it's going to make your reality better, like you're experiencing your reality. So it does kind of work because it, it's how you feel. Or I think I was talking about in one of my vlogs, like magical thinking. And I want to read more on that because I just think it's so fascinating because it's like kind of like my life. But, you know, just thoughts like, oh, if I use this mug, I'm going to have a, a better day. Or like, if I don't, not so much that that's kind of harmful. Like, if I don't think about it, it's not going to happen. That's kind of bad. But, you know, if you are repeating like a negative thought to yourself over and over, you're not going to feel good. Versus if you have like a positive affirmation, it's going to uplift you. It's going to make you feel better. Is that to say it's like magically making your life better? No, but it's like it's gonna make your perception better. So you're gonna feel better and therefore your life is gonna be better. So it's almost like almost a placebo or it's just like, I don't wanna say coincidental, but it's like, if you're telling yourself you feel good, you're gonna feel good. And I think I said this in my vlog as well, but a girl commented on one of my videos and said something like, it's more about manifesting the feeling. And I know Abraham Hicks said something um, along the lines of like going back to a, a moment that was really happy for you. I just always remember this specific one. She was talking about like this appetizer. She got at a, at a restaurant with her friends and like how happy the appetizer made all of them and just how fun and like joyful that was. And like when you're manifesting or meditating or whatever, going back to those happy moments, even if it was about something like so mundane and like reliving that in your body. And like, I just feel like there's a lot of truth to that because it's real and again it's all about like your perception but then there's a difference between practicing that in your own life and you know making your own life a little better and then it's another thing to be capitalizing off of it and like making like taking other people's money so that you can like teach them how to do that when they're not you they didn't grow up with your resources and your like life so you know it's like personal use versus like are you profiting off of this and like profiting off of people's desire to live the life that they want and like to have the financial stability that they want like yeah so I would love to hear your thoughts on any of that um do you believe in manifestation and if so I guess almost like in what way do you, like do you believe it's like this magical thing or do you think about it a little more practically like I do because, again, like, it's not like I'm like, fuck that. I'm never going to write an affirmation again. It's fake. There's no evidence backing that up. But it's like, I know that I feel better after I do this meditation and, like, do this guided meditation of, like, feeling my best and attracting abundance. Because um, it's my perception. But then it's not like that's it. Like, there's so many other things. So, yeah, um, I feel like my thoughts on that are always evolving and, like, expanding. So again, I would love to hear your thoughts. And again, I will link her video down below if you want a little more in-depth and like specific examples of people. <laughs> she was really spilling it. <laughs> Go off. Uh, but I think that's all I'm going to talk about today. So 
Once again, leave a comment down below if you're watching this on YouTube with any of your thoughts on any of this or DM me if you want it to be personal. I love chatting with y'all. Um, and yeah, let me know what you want me to talk about next week. And I will talk to y'all then. Love y'all.